Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today, we have Aaron on the show. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Why don't we start off with a uh, brief description of, you know, who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Who I am. Uh, my name is Aaron, and I am a creative brand strategist. I work with and help empower solopreneurs to find freedom through better branding. This is Neo. Uh, we, I got here because I wanted to have a life where I can be creative, where I can travel. I work remote. I'm a remote worker. Um, and that's pretty much the sum of, of that part of it. Yeah. Well, how come you chose like like you could have done anything in the world. I mean, we don't grow up and uh, think of this. In fact, yeah, the term branding is more recent. I mean, it's yeah. like really a fancy word for reputation. And, you know, prior to the internet, for lack of better description, that a reputation is basically what we carried with us. It really wasn't carried online. Yeah. Where now things have changed. Things have, uh, you know, are different. And, you know, I find that we usually fall into the roles we're in like growing up did you yeah. see yourself in the marketing industry or is it something you just came about as things changed in life yeah i've actually never even used the term marketing for me at all i don't i've never said i'm in marketing not once because i didn't even think about it didn't know about it i've always been creative i always wanted to be an entrepreneur or solopreneur is now what i call it so that has been from day one uh, but I didn't quite have the courage to go out on my own. I didn't even know what that meant. Like you said back then, I mean, it was so different now uh, with the iPhones and technology. Everything's just so much easier. Um, but what I was doing was I was traveling. I was starting businesses, uh, selling product. I did a lot of, uh, I lived in Asia, Southeast Asia for three years. And all I wanted to do was this creative process and have a business. Those were my two things and travel. I should say those were my three things. And I thought, okay, how can I do this the most? Uh, and you're right. It became this thing where I started helping other people with their creative. Um, I didn't even know it was branding. I was just helping them make the look and do this thing. And then I was doing websites and photo shoots. And then I became an art director. And then I became a creative director. And then I spread myself way too thin when I finally went freelance five years ago. And I was just doing any job I could do. Uh, I was taking the $50 jobs and I'm being generous. Sometimes it was less than that. And I, all I thought was, I just, I just need to work for myself. I need that freedom. I need to travel. I need to, I don't want to have overhead. What does that mean? And it's digital. And it started becoming this thing five years ago. And then when I burnt myself out and was taking on way too many projects, I started realizing that I needed to actually refine my brand because branding is so important. And when I really said, okay, what is it that I love? And I love branding. I love helping create the energy of of somebody's business and and that's what i think branding is with messaging voice all that stuff and so i just refined and i and i said okay i'm just going to do branding projects and then everything opened up for me and so you're right it just kind of organically became this thing absolutely now obviously your struggle was used to say yes to everything by the sounds yes. of it so um and now obviously that's a great way to learn at it so what is the criteria like what is the avatar of your your uh, preferred client today uh, the, well, I have one-on-one -on -one clients that I do, and then I have my other uh, part of it. So right now I have two audiences. Uh, I help uh, the solopreneurs with my courses and all that. But 
the actual work that I do now, the criteria is I do a lot of rebranding. So they're already established, um, but uh, it's not working and they're not able to cross over to that next level. So uh, a little bit more understanding of the value that I provide and the strategy and the plan and everything and the visuals. So yeah, a little bit more um, uh, financially able. Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. And to be honest, I think, well, here, very simple question. Yeah. And I kind of like, uh, like I'm fascinated with this uh, perspective. Yeah. Number one choice. Yeah. What do you think is the most important choice here? Marketing or sales? Uh, branding. <laughs> uh, I mean, nothing, your marketing won't work. Your sales won't work without good branding. You know, marketing, I guess branding is technically marketing kind of of it it's not the whole complete package but it is a portion of it you could have the best sales team in the entire world and and if you don't have a brand there what it's just not it's just never going to go to the next level so that's i think i agree with you on that i i, I think sales could be a short-term thing like yes you might make a sale yes you might get income but you'll never scale or grow if people don't know you because people like to deal with people they know, like, and trust. Well, that's what people really have a misconception of what branding is because branding is so much more. I know we've all, maybe you haven't, but I've heard it. Oh, it's more than just a logo and yeah, yeah, yeah. But really what it is, 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 I mean, it's just literally the essence of everything. So how you speak, who you're speaking to, what your values are, what your why is, why you started this business, what this business is. Any good business you see obviously is branded like to the T. So it, it yeah, you can get sales team, but what are you selling? And maybe that works for somebody. Maybe they're selling three or four a month and that's all they need or one a year or something, whatever their price point is, maybe that works. Um, for me, I want to, I want to grow and, and scale and, and have a, a really beautiful brand that makes sense and makes an impact and it has to be branded. Right, right, right. Now you're saying going forward, like, you know, you want to scale and grow. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Like, like compared to where you are today, yeah. where, where do you see yourself once you get to that point? Uh, now I want to be able to help people on a, uh, I can scale by selling courses and trainings and workshops and masterclasses pre-recorded. I'll have live ones and then I can do it. And so mine is all this balance of finding, um, finding ways to package different. There's so much that I could talk about. What are people really wanting to learn about their branding and what do they feel is valuable that they'll pay for? Because still there is a little bit of a stigma with brand. They're like, Oh no, it's fine. I got it. Um, and then also putting it into a package that is entertaining and fun because it's like Netflix, these courses now, you, you know, you don't want to, have some boring course. People are going and paying for these things like they're going and streaming online. So you, you find that balance too. Um, and then my job will be to have ideas and create content and connect, but that's how I'll scale. There's no way I can scale if I just, and then I can pick and choose a couple clients that I really want to work with during the year that are, that are more high ticket that you know, set a nice pace. And that gives me the opportunity to choose who I want to work with. That's kind of where I'm getting to. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. So pretty much in a sense, you're looking forward to more automation, like which is through yes, the courses. Funnels. And yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm setting I mean, up funnels. Which is amazing. Now, you you were saying something about the content not being boring and all that, right? Now, a lot of times people tend to think their content is better than everybody else's. And 
what ends up happening is what happens is that because like prime example, you're into branding. So you can talk about branding all day long without getting bored, right? For where I'm trying to go with this is yeah. how do you know? Like when your product is like, I mean, let's be honest, nobody does it on the first try. How do you know that it's finally ready for market and it's just that right message that you want? Like, where do you where do you draw the line between good enough and perfect because nothing ever gets perfect? Well, nothing ever gets perfect. <laughs> so you just like what you do is, is you, I, I mean, believe me, I try yesterday, I tried something and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. This is just going to totally hit. Like they're going to get it. Like I'm feeling it and nothing happened at all. Like I got very little and I thought, okay, well maybe that's not the way, you know, and it's, it's just this constant testing and and seeing what people are responding to and and what um they're resonating with and i mean you definitely there's a you know you have to take your messaging down there's called surface messaging and then different levels of messaging so really learning how to people have the hardest time with learning how to just speak as themselves to like having a conversation you know they go into this it's got to be impact driven and you know really like kind of structured. I think one way to really help is learn how to loosen up and just talk about what people are asking for and then see how it's resonating. And then you'll, you'll never stop testing. I mean, you'll always like, I have my team, we're always testing and seeing what people relate to and then growing and growing and growing. You have to grow with it too. So I don't think it ever ends. No, exactly. And I love that you brought up a point there, right? Is people try so hard to be sophisticated yeah. that they actually end up being more confusing than anything yeah. it becomes when you use too much jargon and people get asphyxiated with that jargon and sometimes it actually becomes under uh, you know on you, you don't understand what they're saying yeah right? like yeah that's a big one my kind i had one yesterday comes to me and she's telling me everything and i i was like oh my gosh this does not even sound like you and i get it like they're just trying so hard and I was, I was like, no, it's just as simple as they need this. And she goes, well, that is what they need. I was like, yeah, just write that. You know, so it's it's learning how to break these. Um, I think la- this ne- this is the shift that we're into. You know, people are really wanting yeah. it personal and they really want to like, I don't have to get dressed up and do this like, you know, thing. Um, I'm just going to be myself and take it or leave it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like I, I've come across that my, myself, and uh, yeah. where like sometimes you ask somebody and they want to use the jargon, right? So I asked somebody before, what exactly do you do? Like, what, how are you going to help? What, do, what what are you going to do? And I always comes out, well, the strategies and the policies and the procedures and the systems and the whatever. By the end of it, I'm going, I, I really don't even know, you know, like <laughs> it's like, how do you say that politely? Yeah, <laughs> you're like I'm more confused than when you started, and also people forget um, that they're not understanding. Uh, when you're asking him, oh, what are you actually going to do? And he's saying the strategies and all that stuff. They're not, they need to take it a step further. Like you're helping them with strategy. Why? Because they need, they want a better life. You know, they want more freedom. They want this, they want that. Why? You know, they're, you have to take it to the next step of why they need strategy and talk to them that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And one thing I've noticed is that sometimes it comes from a perspective of scarcity. Yeah. Now, I personally believe in abundance. I believe there's plenty of business out there yeah. that I don't like just, I don't need 
you to not get business so that I can get business. Mm. I think there's plenty of business out there. And what we're really doing is trying to determine who we click with and who we don't click with. It's so true because when I started, my first business was in 2004 and I had um, my business partner and and her mentor or whatever would help us. And it always bothered me because he would be like, don't tell anyone what you're doing, <laughs> you know, secret, secret, secret and all this thing. And it always really bothered me. And maybe that's kind of how it was back then. Like you had to be very secretive or maybe it wasn't and I just wasn't keen on to it but nowadays um you know there's so many women for my market out there that need help with this and I've been doing it for years and there's quite a few women that do what I do also but we're all very different and we all, I know quite a lot of them and we all support each other and things come that way and this energy of it is just really beautiful. And whoever ends up with me is who I wanna work with too. Like they get me. So why try to make it this thing? You know, now I have this life where I'm working with people that I love to work with. They get me, I'm totally myself. I don't have to change anything. And um, there's no secrets and no this or no that. And I know I do the work and I know I bring value. So we'll just lead with that. 100%. Now I. I believe in the same thing and I do the same thing. Like when I, I often, you know, post online everything. Like, for example, one of my businesses is in the real estate business. Oh. And a lot of my uh, stuff that I promote and put out there is really, I teach people how to buy their house without me. And a lot of people say, well, why would you do that? Because then they don't need you. That's right. Well, these days, everything's on Google. You don't technically need me to tell you. You can look it up for yourself. Yeah. Now, I do it. I'm showcasing my expertise. And by showcasing the fact that I know what I'm talking about, yeah. not, you know, you'll have one or 2% that that's going to go out there and take the advice and do it themselves. Yeah. But those people were never my customers anyways. In fact, if they ever used me, it's only because they felt they had no choice and they'll resent using me. Yeah. So they don't really want me around. So what's the point? Exactly. The other 98% or 97% could do it on their own. They just won't. They just won't. Exactly. Or they, they see the value of bringing someone else in for their time, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Now, now you worked with a partner before and obviously I got a sense of some of the uh, little uh, tension there with uh, seeing things differently, scarcity versus abundance. Yeah. What uh, ended up coming about from that? Like, how did you get from there to where you are today? Uh, well, I think it's a lot of self, self, reflection and I mean, things that I've gone through and um, pushing past fears. I mean, I don't know what kind of podcast we're on, but man, I've like done some digging and, and really get to a place where you're, you're just like, no, I'm going to just be myself and um, I'm not going to do this thing anymore. I'm just going to, what do I love to do? How do I want to do it? And how do I market it? You know, and how do I make this life for myself? And you finally just stop trying so hard maybe yeah. yeah yeah i get that i get that i mean i find partnerships can be hard sometimes yeah with the partnership um you know both of them i had two uh and still still friends with them but they were hard and we were young that's all that was we were just young we were young and ambitious i mean my god the first business i was we went with a group of girlfriends to travel and do backpacking in 04 in Asia. And 
I just didn't want to come home. I was having a great time. It was supposed to be a six month run. And I was like, I'm not coming home. Like, but I had no money. I had a little money left. So I bought a bunch of product and, and then my friend and I started doing that. And then we'd go home and have house parties, shopping parties with all the cool product we would buy from artists and street artists. And then we'd make enough money and go back. And, you know, so we were just really young. And then actually 08 happened with, uh, yeah, with, um, yeah the economy yeah and so that that kind of stopped that but yeah i mean there's a lot i can't i think about i don't know were, were you young when you started i think about these things i did when i was young i was like man i had some balls but i didn't know what i was doing at all <laughs> yeah no i've always had that entrepreneurial drive it's yeah. one of those things that even the jobs that i did have they were short term and they had served a purpose like prime example I, my my main goal was to be on the radio i always loved radio i loved being in front of that microphone sort of like today um and um with that being said is that i didn't know how to get on the radio and school was really not my thing yeah so i figured okay my, my goal was i'm gonna get into djing because then i'll get into the nightclubs and if i get into the nightclubs then eventually the radios go to the nightclubs and i'll be the guy there yeah so that was kind of my workaround yeah um but back then it's not like now where everything's on the computer and you can download mm -hmm. we're talking about back in the day where you had records and you actually played records and you had to carry these crates everywhere yeah it was a uh, thing yeah yeah exactly yeah. Right? and it wasn't just a fashion statement either yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> so but they cost money so at 15 years old which is when i decided i want to do this i love it where the hell was i going to get the money so i got a job my sole purpose was earn enough money to buy the records i needed yeah and when my gigs outshine my job i quit well in that case i got fired from that job but yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like my plan was to quit anyways yeah so yeah. Um, you know I, I, again i had enough gigs that they paid for my records and then some so i didn't need it anymore perfect so exactly and that was the intent so i've only had jobs when it really had to fill in a blank in between something me so I, i've always had that inspiration to go and i was always that go-getter me too I, and i think uh i always say having a business is therapy because um for so long i was trying to get to some place some place some place i thought you had to do this thing and get to this place to be this business no you know all this stuff all, but really i just had to go through all these different experiences like you and the different jobs and all this stuff to learn it to i think now I'm at a place where it's like, okay, thank God I went through all that. Um, now I now I feel uh, more prepared to really take you know this next chapter to a different place. But I think when we're young, we're just like, I just know I want to do this. I'll do whatever it takes, and you go crazy and get out there. Well, Drew, let's be honest though. Failure is not really failure. It's failure bad. is only failure if you give up. If if you really don't succeed at something but it takes you to your next journey. That means you've learned something. So yeah. it wasn't a failure, it was a learning lesson. No, exactly. And I used to give myself such a hard time. I don't know if you did this, but you know, I was like, why haven't I become successful yet? You know, where's my golden ticket? I've tried so hard. And, and I just was totally missing the whole point of all of it, you know, and, and what balance means and what it really means to have a business. And you know, I was just completely, I don't know, like on a one track vision of getting somewhere that doesn't really exist and failure and mistakes and all this stuff. That's why I was saying it's like therapy because you it makes you stronger. But we are a different breed as entrepreneurs like we will. There's nothing 
you know, nothing can stop us. We're going to, I'll, I'll try till I die. You know what I mean? Like, I'm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's like, you don't do it because it's a cool buzzword of today. No. You're doing it because that's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you started at 15. Like you, that's pretty cool. And you're, you clearly have like, you're really good. I watched an episode yesterday too. Like you're really good on the mic. Like it's a gift and you were born with that. And that's beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it is a passion, right? So yeah. I, I do love this. Stuff. Yeah. It shows. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, like, and there you go. So yeah, yeah. I think we're in agreement about where entrepreneurship stands and stuff like that. Yeah. Now we all choose different paths and different things light us up. And sometimes that changes over time. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what I liked at 20 is not necessarily the same thing that I liked at 30 or 40 or 50. Well, not right. that I'm 50, but I'll find out when I get to 50. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be different. Exactly. So, and again, it's about the process. You got to enjoy that process. Otherwise, if it's the end result, I mean, a lot of times people want to get to the end and I'm thinking, why would you want to do that? Let's be honest. We're human beings. We have one end and that's death. So why would you want to be at the end? Right. There is no end actually, except what you're saying. You know, it is, that was my biggest lesson I think is realizing I kept trying to get to the end of something and I was missing the whole point of finding this life that I like in the process of it. And now I love what I do and I wake up and I do my thing and I'm in my home and and it's sometimes stressful and everything, but I don't even know what the end is anymore. I know what the end is um, this month for my strategy and what I want. You know what I mean? I know I'm I know what I want 24 to be like. I'm I'm at that place, but what what end? You know? I, I don't even know. What that means exactly yeah so now let me ask you something right because we're going through some uh ruckus in the economy out there like it doesn't matter whether you're in canada united states i think this is a worldwide ruckus and interest rates have been doing nothing been going up and up and up and up i mean they somewhat are holding right now but it's still holding when it's kind of too late um and some people are not affected by it right like i remember a lot of times prime example i'll use real estate again just because that's in the market now a lot of the consensus was that oh we went from 122,000 transactions a year to 68,000. oh it's gonna crash it's gonna be the end and the reality is for some people yes but the i look at it and says there's always sales out there the question isn't whether there's more or less it's the question is whether people are going to pick you and where i'm going with this is the question is has the changing market or the fluctuating cost of borrowing or any of that stuff affected your business or has it changed anything in any way? Has it changed your approach? Uh, I think approach is always, you know, something I look at when I, when things are fluctuating. Um, you gotta, I, I'm a, I'm a nomad by nature. I'm a gypsy by nature. I, I'm a, I'm a hustler by nature. So I like when COVID happened and everyone was, stuck in and, and as terrible and as hard as it was for a lot of people. And, and I, I was okay. You know, I, I started traveling and I shifted my approach on, okay, what do, cause people are still spending money. You just gotta get creative and figure out what works for you and, and what shifted. I mean, it, that was such a paradigm shift. The nice thing about the that time where everybody was locked in house or whatever, I was already like that. I was already remote and working out of my home. So it didn't shift. It didn't freak me out like a lot of people freaked out. And then I saw what was going on and everyone was getting their um, 
checks and money from the government. And then they were like, okay, I'm stuck at home. I got to rebuild my website. I, I saw, I paid attention and I was like, okay, let's go into web. Like let's, they all have this check now. They don't have work to go. They're going to, they're going to fix their marketing and do this thing. And so I worked it and, and the same with this, I'll have to, um, that's why I'm trying to market more. Everybody wants to start a business now and everybody has, you know, the idea. And, and so my approach now is, okay, how can I make this affordable and valuable and then time, time for me? And that's really what I'm doing. And it's all kind of working out for the best. If I would have tried to keep like marketing and find another one-on-one service client and all this stuff when the money's not, you know, it just wouldn't work. So I think you got to flow with it and find what, find what's working. A lot of people have that doomsday thing and I don't, I don't buy into that. I won't. No, no, it's only doomsday if you allow it, yeah. if you want it, right? Like it's, again, at the end of the day, it goes back to what you're saying, it's the hustle. If, you, if you're going out there, there's always business out there. Again, like I said, with the real estate, there's only 68,000 transactions. Yeah. Well, that's fine. That means there's half the transactions, but there's still transactions out there. Yeah. So it's my job to make sure that I'm one of the guys getting part of that 68,000. Yeah. So, and, and you're right. It's about adjusting and changing to the market. And that's the thing. And now going to COVID, I'm going to speak about that here where people got at home. And here's where I see a change in the market is that it shifted the way everybody thought and it shifted the way everything is done. Now, prime example, why do people want to be this entrepreneur and all that? Because they got a taste of being at home and doing things on their terms. That's why a lot of places are having trouble hiring because people before this pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. before this, People were, you know, at their job, they were miserable and they thought they had to do it because how else will they pay their bills, right? What else would they do? And then, you know, society told them, ooh, you got to go to work. You got to pay your bills. Ooh, you know, you got to start at the bottom. And, and, you know, that was that same stupid message that we everybody got. Oh, you got to go to school, get a good education. And it's not for everybody. And I'm not saying there isn't a place for it. Yeah, There is a place for it. But people opened up their eyes. And a lot of them looked at that and said, you know what? It's not what I thought it was. Why am I doing this? Why am I killing myself and then going home miserable every day? So now people are looking for other opportunities and other options, which is why they want to get into entrepreneurship, why they want to find other avenues, because they don't want to go back to that. And this is where all all these things are opening up. So it's it's like you said, people learned how to live on their terms. Yeah, and you're... you're Absolutely right. Before COVID and before the lockdown, I, I seriously, it changed. I was known as kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of crazy or that, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, she, it was exciting. I was the free spirit. I was doing all this stuff or whatever. And then exactly COVID happened. And I had friends that used to say, oh, don't worry. You can always get a job, you know, again, if this doesn't work out. And I would tell them, I would say, never say that to me again. I'll never get a job ever again. Like I don't even want a plan B. And and that was, that was crazy to them. You know what I mean? And then COVID happened and then they stayed home for a little bit. And now it's like, I'll never go back to work. I get it. Like it, it's exactly what happened. And then that's the shift we're in right now. Yeah. And you brought up another point, right? It's always the, what I call the naysayers. So you tell them, this is what I'm going to do. And says, okay, well, what else are you going to do in the meantime? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, how are you going to get pay your bills? I just told you, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, but it's going to take a while. So that's why I got to put my all in there and make sure I'm a hundred percent focused because there is no failure. If this doesn't work, I'm going to pivot. There is no failure. There's no going (laughs) back. And then they look at you like, huh? Right. And, and, And that's the thing. It's like, 
I don't believe in backup plans mm -mm. because if you have a backup plans, you're planning to fail yeah. and you're planning to give up, which means you're planning to look for something to do once you fail. Yep. Yep. Right. So I believe go in, try it your all, give it your all, look forward and keep looking forward and keep building. Something will turn up. If, as long as you're flexible and realize that maybe this path wasn't the right path, it's not clicking. So I'm going to do this. And then once I do that, something might click. As long as you're willing to make that switch or that turn, then you don't need a backup plan. Mm -mm. And you're right. It's uh, uh, back to my whole business as a, a, a business owner is therapeutic because it is so scary um, to leave, like for whatever reason, society was conditioned to believe like you do the job, you go to work, you do the nine to five, like this is what you do. You do this, you know, and, and then you break free of that. And then this fear comes in and all this stuff. And I had it at first and, and it, it really, really bothered me. Cause I was like, what is this thing that I have to live for all these other people and do this job and this, like, what is this? And, and cause my family are very blue collar and very hardworking. And they were like, no, you get a job and you work 40 hours a week and you do this thing. And, and you go, so maybe I'm speaking to new people, new entrepreneurs out there that are trying, just remember like it, these fears come up and everything. And you, you, feel like you need to cl clench on or clutch onto that past or this, this safety net, but that's not a safety net. It's just like something you hate to do. And, and it really, that's not safe either. Like people are losing jobs left and right and the security and their 401k, like everything. So you just have to find this mental, um, empowerment to just say, Hey, this is my one life. What really do I want to do? I don't want to do this. So you start a process of elimination too. I know I don't want to do this. Okay. I tried this. I know I don't want to do this. Okay. I tried this. What do I want to do? And just do it. <laughs> like there's no, you know, I know it's fearful and it's scary, but you, you start to get the hang of it. And I mean, I've had months where I'm like, Ooh, you know, and then I just think to myself, well, I mean, I'll find my way through it because there's no other option. It's what I'm going to do. So, and that really helped. Absolutely. Now, yeah, I went off on a tangent with my last one because it was. I like it. I, I meant to go this way, and I ended up going this <laughs> <No>. way. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I thought the point I was going at was a good point, so I kept going. Yeah. So what I was going to originally mention is going into the naysayers. Yeah. Right. Like I believe them, and I, and there's a lot of lines out there and skits out there where people say, "Oh, you're the some of the five people you hang around," and that's somewhat true, but it's I don't think it's just five. Like you are the group you hang around. Yeah. And there's a lot of naysayers and there's a lot of people that are positive. And then there's people that are just genuinely concerned and there's somewhere in between. Yeah. Now, how do you filter out where you divide your time? Like myself, I, I allow people to have bad days. And now a bad day is you're just having an off day. You're being very negative towards everything. And maybe it's just an off day. But if the off day ends up being a regular day, at that point in time, I can't do it. Right. Because then it's just like there's there's no productivity. There's no positive push forward. And all you're doing is dragging me down. Then then what's the point? I, then I'll just say I don't have to turn to you and say, what do you think? You think I'm going to fail. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to pretend that's what you said. Never talk again. Don't need to talk to you because I just know that's your opinion. So no point in going forward. And. You know what I mean? And there's no productivity of somebody saying, oh, it's a shitty idea. Oh, you should get a job. There's nothing productive about that. Yeah. Right? There's nothing, you know what I mean? Like sometimes people have an idea. Maybe you think, okay, you know what? 
Maybe selling a water, as an example, in this plastic bottle isn't going to go very far because they're getting rid of plastic. Maybe you should change it to glass. Well, that's something, okay, government outlawed plastic, so that's very short-lived. Maybe I should find a way to do it in glass. That is actually something productive. That is something constructive that I can use. Saying, oh, you got a shitty idea doesn't help me. And you know what I mean? And and again, negativity tends to breed with each other. And you end up noticing that, uh, I, I don't know, we've all been around those negative people. Yeah. And they always have a problem with something, a problem with this, the problem with that. And then it ends up being a group of problems. And so I find is at some point in time, you got to cut them off. Then you have the certain people that will help you and elevate you. Then you have the in-betweens, which are the concerned, which is your parents. As an example, most parents, I'm not going to talk for everybody. Some people have really shitty parents. Yeah. But uh, you know what I mean? But the point is that in general, there's people concerned and they're sharing their concerned. How do you deal with that stuff? Like, how do you determine who you hang out with and who you don't hang out with and who helps you uh, elevate? Uh, well, at this point, I have a pretty good radar. Like, I have zero tolerance for it. So I, I have my my group. Um, I can sense somebody immediately. Also, I try to have more compassion towards it also because uh, naysayers and they're really fear driven. So they're reacting and they're projecting out of their own fear. Um, so I used to react to it more and, and I'll show them in this whole thing. And uh, now it doesn't come at me that often anymore. But if if it's a naysayer and I feel their energy and they're negative and, and this a lot of times you meet people and you say, okay, well, you know, you try this and maybe do this strategy or maybe do this. Oh yeah. And then it's an excuse why it doesn't work. And those are mostly what I get now where they're actually naysaying themselves the entire time. And that's like hard to be around, but I want to have more compassion towards that. And so maybe I don't react anymore. Um, I try to help how I can. You also have to be careful with the energy you you put out there. And uh, but it just doesn't affect me as much anymore. I, I just a if it's like that, I just I'm just not around it, and I I cut it off immediately. Makes sense. Yeah, now, I grew up with a little bit of that negativity. Now, kind of a little funny story. Yeah, is that uh, my dad was always that worry wart. Right. Everything was a problem. Everything was a worry. Like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. Right. He's just always afraid of everything. And I remember every time I got a I did something. Oh, when are you going to, uh, you know, stop fooling around and go get a real job? Yeah. Right now, in the beginning, that was my driver. The more he said I couldn't, the more I was going to do it. And it actually worked for a bit. Yeah. But here's the funny thing. So when I had my marketing business uh, or print print the marketing or we'll say advertising because that's more you know yeah. accurate yeah so when i had my advertising business uh what ended up happening is i got it to about eight figures a year and then i sold it now all the, the whole time every year i was all oh, you're still doing that haven't you given up yet when are you gonna go do something hmm. right and then all of a sudden i sold the business why'd you do that you were doing so well <laughs> so <laughs> i can't win <laughs> well, that's so, what I mean. That, that, it's a projection of their own shit. So, I mean, I why let it bother you? You know, if if you're feeling like a naysayer is affecting you, then you're naysaying yourself. If you're yeah, like fully confident in what your goals are in your life, and you build that confidence, anything that comes at you that's negative, it's just like going to bounce right off. Yeah. See, that's what worked for me, right? Because I never actually cared what anybody said. I just did what I wanted to do. Yeah, and I figured it. Yeah, I. If anyone tells me what to do, I have. I really, I have a real problem being told what to do. I usually do the opposite. <laughs> I just, 
just don't <laughs> like being told what to do at all. <laughs> Maybe to a fault, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Now, with that being said, I mean, like you said, a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs and all that. So when somebody has an idea and they want to bring it out and look, they want to start building their brand, what would be the first thing they should focus on, in your opinion? Uh, the first thing to focus on is um, it all comes back to your why, why you're doing it. You know, that's part of the branding and figuring out your vision and your mission and, and all this stuff, why you're doing it. And that really answers a lot of questions. Oh, because I want to, you know, empower people, whatever. So it all comes back to your why. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So, yeah, and I guess the why is very important as well, because if you don't know why you're doing it, then why are you, then why bother doing it? Yeah. You know why you're doing it and who you're doing it for and what you're doing for them and how you're going to do it. See how it starts to go down the list. So mm -hmm. if you, if you get lost and you start, uh, like we talked about earlier, trying to make it this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, instead of coming back to, okay, why am I doing this? Okay. Cause I I want peace in my life and I want to work for myself and create my own hours. And, but what's happening, I'm working 80 hours a week and I'm selling to people I don't want to sell to and working with people I don't want to work to. Like you've lost all the, the why, you know, you've lost yourself. So you got to keep coming back to that and go, okay, does this work for me? Is this working for what I'm doing? And then you start building your brand off that. So my, I changed my brand to Pulp Brand Studio before it was like, I call it an agency, Pulp Web Agency. And I wasn't an agency. I just thought that sounded better and uh, sounded more efficient. And I was like, man, and I came back to my why. I love branding and I want to be a studio and a small team. And so that helped me. Awesome. Love that. So now with that being said, like there is like what I want to say is sometimes, you know, when you cut off clients and all that, has there ever been that fear that uh, what if you're wrong or what if you shouldn't do it? Because, and I don't mean that, like, I mean, intuitively, we all know that when we don't want to work with someone. But I mean, has there ever been that fear of, you know, like, okay, well, this income is leaving and should I be worried about that? Well, I mean, income's always a thing, you know. Uh, 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 when I don't like doing something, yeah. You know what my, you know what it does for me though? So yes, initially that fear comes in and then I go, okay, I need to make it up. So yeah, we're, let's get, let's get that out. And where can I get some fresh air coming in that brings in what I'm losing right now? Or replacing. I just re need to replace it. So I go into hustle mode. So yeah. Which makes sense. Now, do you actually go out and get a new client before you drop a client or do you just drop them? No, and hope you find I'm pretty, I'm pretty spontaneous <laughs> in my day to day. There's not much of that. Yeah. I mean, that would be nice. Um, yeah. I think that's where we have similar personalities. If I've made up my mind, I've made up my mind. Yeah. It's hard for me to go forward if I'm pretty done. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like I, I, like even when I had left jobs and I was thankful, like I'd give the two weeks notice to be proper. Yeah. And, I didn't do that. Yeah. Whatever. But I never wanted to do the two weeks and I've been fortunate that nobody actually made me. He goes, well, you know, your, your, your stuff is pretty done. You can leave today if you want, unless you want to stay the two weeks. I'm like, no, no I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm offering the two weeks out of politeness. I don't actually want to be there. <laughs> it's a, so. it, for me, you know, there's a little fear. Yeah. But it, it, it's outweighed by relief. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So 
Awesome. I absolutely love that. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that uh, if you know what you want, just go out and do it. What's there to think about? I mean, beautifully said. They're really, yeah. The, the hard part is really knowing what you want. You know, a lot of people lose sight of that. But I mean, man, this is it. Like this whole thing being alive and, and doing this thing for whatever reason that no one really knows, you know, not for sure um is crazy so i want to make the most of it and anytime i start to stress or freak out or get fear or whatever and i just i I don't know if this sounds morbid but i really i got into a good place where i just remind myself i'm like well it's all going to end pretty soon anyways i don't know when so might as well just like whatever (laughs) not waste any time stressing about it what what solution can we find and let's keep going and that's really helped me because you got to appreciate this thing that we're in. Life is way too short. Like it's crazy. And people are worried about 401, you know, and I know I get it. You got to do that, but you got to find that balance too of appreciating the fact that we're alive and on this thing for this amount of time. Like, what is that? That's crazy. Why worry about shit that doesn't matter? Well, you, you come up with a good point here. And what I mean by that is like, I, I think, the thing I got out of that is that basically, instead of stressing or harping on something, figure out what your solution is and just move forward. Yeah. Right? Like everything in entrepreneurship really is about being solution-based. Yeah. Creative solutions every day, all day. Like that's, if you don't, if you don't like hustling and finding solutions and worrying about what's going to come next and, and, and living this life of craziness, as you know, the worst day I've, I've had as an entrepreneur is a thousand times better than the best day I had working for somebody. Like, you know, you have to really love this thing that we do. It's constant. It's every day. I love it. It sounds like you love it. So if you don't, then the, you know, some people aren't cut out for it. Some people aren't cut out for it and that's okay too. It's a very kind of, I don't know, it's a little, it's risky. Well, that's the thing, right? Like some people believe it's safer, but aside from what's true or not true, yeah. aside from that, yeah. is that um, some people are, like you said, are not cut out to it. Some people l- wake up, they look forward to going to some destination yeah. point, you know, that job. And they want to be told what to do. They don't want to think. Yeah. And they just want to go there and do their mundane thing. And to them, that is exciting. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. If I, I, we're talking about being self-aware. If that's who you are, that's who you are. Don't pretend to be an entrepreneur. Don't pretend to want something that uh, you're not really willing to do the work for. Yeah. Just accept you are what you are and you're happy doing what you are. And if you want to make more money, figure out a way to get more income from what you're doing rather than trying to do something you're not. Yeah. I mean, it- <sighs> I used to think I was selfish for really going for what I wanted all these years because, like I said before, pre-COVID, people thought I was just like, oh, this wild, crazy thing. And I was like, what is so crazy about me fighting for this life that I want to live? I want to travel. I want to do I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know. So, yeah, do what do what makes you happy. And I'm going to say something that's probably going to get a lot of hate out Uh-oh. there, and it's, but it's the truth. OK, right. I don't I think it's quite the opposite. See, we think that by going after what we want, we're being selfish. Yeah. And I believe by not going after what you want, you're being selfish. Because what happens is you're not doing it because of fear and you're allowing that to control you. You're not doing that because of whatever pressure. Now, where the selfish part comes in, to make yourself feel comfortable and not have to go outside of that comfort zone, 
you're willing to live mediocrity and anybody in your life that you surround yourself with, whether it's family, children, you're number one, you're teaching them that mediocrity is okay. Number two, you're not going to be able to provide them with the life that you want, let alone what they want. So what ends up, how can you provide the life what they want if you can't provide the life you want for yourself, right? So what ends up happening is to stay in your comfort zone, you're being selfish and not giving them their needs. Yeah. I mean, all the way around, if you're not pushing yourself, it just doesn't feel good at all in any aspect of it. You got to, I mean, but that's a very, I, again, I feel like I'm defending myself because I feel I was, she's very passionate and all this stuff or emotional, but I feel very passionate about it. I mean, this is your life. Do you really just want to mediocre your way through it and get by and survive? I, no, and that was my point, though. Yeah, right? exactly. You're being, you're going after what you should be, which is your goals. Yeah, that's that's not settling, and when you're not settling, you're not being selfish. You're being, Absolutely. you know, you know, you're, you're being grand and big, and you're and you're providing because look, what you do is help other people. Exactly. So the more you do what you want, the more you're helping other people. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's why a big part of, you know, when the whole political thing went down, especially over here, uh, it was really hard and really, really intense. And I was like, ah, you know, in this fight and this thing is this thing and this thing. And, and it affected me physically. I had a sciatic nerve go out that was out for like a year and a half. It was crazy. Um, all this stuff. And that was one of my shifts I had also was, okay, instead of this hopelessness of what can I do, what can I do? I realized uh, the best thing I can do is empower other people to find their happiness through. And I know that through branding. And then if I can do that, maybe we'll start lifting the thing. So I think it circles back to what you're saying of this. We need to shift the, the energy of everything and people doing what they love and, and finding that joy in that shifts it. And so when you stay here in this mediocre place, it doesn't. And I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Now let's be frank, not every, to get to where you want, you're going to do some stuff you don't like doing. Like there's parts of branding that that's going to be, you know, like not exactly my best. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be parts of it that you're going to say, I love this part. Yeah. Now, to begin with, you're going to have to do some of the ugh parts to get to that. Yeah. And eventually you'll have, you know, grow enough that you can delegate the ugh to somebody who actually likes it. That is the goal. But you have to start off somewhere. So yeah. doing that entrepreneurship doesn't mean that you're going all in on joy and having no rough spots. It just means that you're choosing your heart. Yes. Yes. And when I say joy, I mean, I guess I was projecting my own, like I, no matter what I'm doing, how hard it is, as long as I'm working for myself, I'm, I'm happy, you know, that's my joy. And so, yes, some hard things come up and some stuff with, I'm like, ah, God, I got to do this. But like I said, it's a thousand times better than having to do it for somebody else for me. 1000%. All right. So I'm going to get into two more questions, then get into what I call the lightning round. Okay. Okay. So the second last question is going to be, how do you know you've had a successful day? Uh, how do I know I've had a successful day? Uh, if I, I have a checklist that I need to do every day, I, I think about it on Mondays. And so a lot of times that helps me. I know that sounds weird, but I'm like, okay, my dog got his, his, we went to the P-A-R-K. I don't want to say the word. Um, I got everything on my list checked off. I got, you know, I feel good. I feel healthy. I did my, my workout, whatever it is. I don't know. I feel peace at the end of the day, which 
There you go. There it is. That's it. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. Last but not least, is anyone watching this or hearing this and wants to reach out to you, where do they find you? Uh, they can go to Instagram, Pulp Brand Studio, or uh, Pulp brandstudio.com it's pulp like an orange pulp because i'm from orange county so pulp brand studio yeah just say hi on instagram that's you can dm me there or you can go to the to my website really easy fantastic all right let's get into the lightning round just a few fun questions with is the first one's going to be what is your favorite food and why uh, <laughs> you're making me choose a food um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I love I love chips. I love chips. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I love chips. I love um, dipping them. I like chips and dip. I like the soft, crunchy. So chips are my chips and dark chocolate. Nice, nice. I like chips. I like usually salt and vinegar. I like one of those uh, tortilla chips that you can dip. Yeah, I have a real, real thing. I don't know if it sounds gross. I love doing this. This concoction, I won't even say it, but yeah, I have a real, it's a jalapeno <laughs> lime chip. I like really, I love salt. I have a salt thing. Yeah. And crunch. Yeah. Awesome. Now you're a traveler. So what was, would you say would be your favorite uh, travel destination? Well, it depends on the mood. Artistically, Berlin was amazing. I loved being in Berlin. Loved it. Um, I lived in Hawaii for 12 years. I love the tropics. I love warm weather. I like being in Orange County because I'm next to my family. Um, I, I, there's hard to say a favorite. I don't, I loved, I got, I did spent 13 months with Neo. We did the United States. I fell in love with so many places, New Orleans, Chicago, uh, uh, the Badlands, like just these amazing places. So I don't, I can't choose one interesting yeah <laughs> but berlin i love berlin i really did love berlin yeah awesome favorite podcast and or book uh my favorite podcast is um uh sword and scale or i like smartless with uh will arnett he's uh i think in your area yeah those are my two podcast books um, I, I, I just read, I listen to a lot of audibles and like you are a badass by Jen Sincero. I really love that. An old school book. I love the myths of Avalon. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. The final question is going to be, if you were given unlimited amount of money, but only 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep what you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Uh, 48 hours to spend an unlimited amount of money. Well, I'd buy a house on the water over here. I'd buy a house. Um, I'd probably just buy a bunch of houses in all the places I just listed. <laughs> and then like some, and a jet with, uh, with like paid up for the next 20 years pilot and, and all that. So yeah, <laughs> I'd have all my houses set up and my plate, my way to get there. That seems good. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You're all taken care yeah. of. Way to go. Yeah, exactly. Aaron, it has been a phenomenal time. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, me too. I appreciate it. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni show.